0: Welcome to A Slob Comes Clean, the podcast. I'm Dana K. White. I blog over at aslobcomesclean.com. That's where I share my personal deslobification process. So I figure out ways to keep my own home under control. I share the truth about cleaning and organizing strategies that actually work in real life for real people. I'm also the author of two books, How to Manage Your Home Without Losing Your Mind and Decluttering at the Speed of Life, Not Light life. Anyway, um, thanks for joining me today. It's podcast number 217. And I'm back from my summer break. I've missed you guys. I mean, not really, really like crying about it or anything. But it's nice to talk to you guys again. I really loved I met several podcast listeners, hey guys, over um, the summer. And it always just amazes me the um, like the real relationships, you know, that, form through this crazy modern phenomenon where I get to talk into a microphone and you guys get to listen to me talk. It's bizarre to me. Anyway, um, we are talking about, um, I think I'm going to call this podcast. It's never always all or nothing. I looked it up to see if I've already titled a podcast that before, but Hey, whatever. I can yak about it some more if I have, but, um, which I don't think I have. Anyway, basically I am talking about, the all or nothing mentality, how I've mostly gotten over that with my whole house issues. You know, I used to view my house as a project because projects are things where I actually feel competent and confident. And I like to break down projects. I like to analyze, you know, the best way to get it done and then tackle each of the steps until it's completely done. Um, So I, because of my project brain, I didn't know that I was treating my house as a project, meaning Okay, I'm going to get it completely clean, start to finish, get it perfect, and then someday I'll, you know, then maintain it. (laughs) Except then, when I never got it actually perfectly clean, then I would never actually start the maintaining, which meant that any progress I ever did make wasn't maintained because I wasn't maintaining it. Whatever. I've talked about that a lot in the past, but it's basic, you know, I've, I've, mostly gotten over that. I realize. I mean, it's still a struggle because my brain is a project brain, but I, for the most part, grasp the concept that I'm going to go so much farther in my home by doing the daily, uh, the small things are going to ultimately have a way bigger impact than any huge, let me stop everything, you know, block off a week on my calendar and, um, clean my house from top to bottom. I actually, my house is better off. And I don't mean like, Oh, you know, because I've learned, no, I mean like my house is actually way better off on any standard. Anybody's standard. My house is so much better off when I don't treat it like a project and instead work on the daily stuff. Anyway, that's what I'm going to be talking about that I've been talking about for the last couple minutes now. Um, but before I do that, a couple of time sensitive things, get organized HQ is starting um i believe it's one of the first weekends weeks in september so that link is going to be in the show notes you can watch it live meaning each there's like a ton of sessions i have a session there about when decluttering feels hopeless but it's all this like some seriously big people exciting you know different things involved anyway that is a time sensitive thing coming up soon i will have the link to that in the show notes also um Wanted to let you know if you're in the Dallas area, I will be speaking in Waxahachie, uh, which is near Dallas on Thursday, September 19th. That is a paid event, but it includes dinner and things like that. So, And it's open to whomever, um, but I will have details on that as well in the show notes at aslobcomesclean.com. So, okay. All right. So always and never are favorite words of mine to use that are... mm, pretty much always not true <laughs> or never true or whatever these are words that i watch myself because if i'm not careful i start to you know when i complain about something i'm complaining that such and such always happens to me or this never works out and it's just not true you know i mean there's there's very few things in life that are always and never you know, possibility is never going to happen. Now I will tell you something that's always going to happen. And that is if i if I'll do my dishes, my dishes are done. Yeah. Like that's an always, but that wasn't how I was using it. I was using it more in the, uh, every time I try to get my laundry under control, somebody ends up getting sick, but that's not actually true. Feels true. Right? I mean, you know, it feels true that I start to get going on my house and then some big event, you know, some big trauma or whatever, trauma is a very strong word, but you know what I mean. Um, see, I'm a little over dramatic. That's part of my problem in what I'm talking about here. But, you know, something happens that causes, that derails my plans. You know, it always happens. Well, that's not true except that things do happen in life, you know, and you have to be ready for those things to happen. And so part of this, this is just that mentality of accepting that it's never (laughs) here. I'm using the word, but it's, it's never going to be easy from here on out. You know, there, I'm not working on my house with the goal of achieving this point where from then on, it's always going to be easy. Because that's not going to happen. So, giving up on that and throwing that idea out is actually very, very helpful to me because then it means that that's not what I was going for anyway. What I was going for was doing my dishes every day. And if I'll do my dishes every day, then whatever life throws at me, whether things are kind of, you know, kind of good right now, we're in a good routine. And wow, my house is looking kind of great, because I'm doing my dishes every day. Or, oh, so so and so broke their arm on the first day of school, which happened just a couple years ago, you know, or whatever. Um, Those kinds of things happening. If I if my goal is to do my dishes every day, then I go, Oh, my goodness, well, at least I'm getting my dishes done every day. And it doesn't get as out of control as it would if I wasn't doing my dishes every day. And even when I miss a day, I still go back to, well, my goal is to do my dishes. You know what I mean? Like whatever life throws at me, because there's never going to be this time where everything is great from here on out. You know, I mean, that's just, that's just reality. And accepting that takes me farther. So um, all or nothing is, you know, the, that mentality that I think, so many people, um, especially those of us who struggle with home stuff and home maintenance things. It's like, is this really worth my time if I'm not going to do it right? Is it worth my time to start decluttering if I can't guarantee that I'm going to have enough time to actually finish this space that I'm working on? Well, if you guys are brand new around here, just know that, um, that all or nothing mentality, it, it doesn't get anybody anywhere you know, the people who are successful in life at this are the people who don't function with that mentality, you know, who realize it's better to do something than, than to not do anything. And know that I have created my strategies, my decluttering strategies of, you know, taking things where they go immediately so that I don't end up with a bigger mess. I've created those strategies specifically to take away those excuses of all or nothing. Cause that's ultimately what it is. If I say, well, if I, if I can't do it right, I don't want to do it at all. I, <laughs> while some people in the world might say that kind of stuff and be like, so I'm going to do it perfectly. I'm like, well, if I can't do it perfectly, I'm not going to do it at all. That's an excuse for me. You know what I mean? Like that's where my brain goes. It's like, well, so what's the point of even trying if I'm not gonna be able to do it perfectly? Anyway, um, but my strategies, my decluttering strategies are specifically to eliminate those excuses because I know from experience and from knowing that there is a first step and then there's a second step and there's a third step. I know that it's worth it to me to do something because I'm never going to end up with a a space that's worse than it was before. I'm never going to end up with a, in the middle of, I got called away and it was this big mess. Um, because I don't pull everything out of a space. Instead, I go step by step. I pull out the trash first. So the trash is in the trash bag. There was no in-between place for it. Okay. And the whole point of that is so that I can declutter in five minutes, five hours, five days, five weeks, whatever amount of time that I have available. I'm only gonna make progress and and only progress. So so I'm saying all this not because I'm like, well, I've never told you guys before that an all or nothing mentality is bad. No, we know that. Okay. We get that. And my decluttering strategies, the whole point of them is to eliminate the excuse of this all or nothing mentality. Got it? Okay. Because all if I if I go in something and I say, Well, I've got to do everything. Um, I, you know, I'm I'm gonna focus on doing it all. Well, all's unrealistic. I mean, it's just almost never going to happen, especially for people who are extra distractible like me, um, especially for a mom or, you know, whatever people who have anything else to do in their life other than just declutter, you know, which is all of us. I keep saying all and never and always, but Hey, that's just whatever. Anyway, um, the word using the word all having the mentality that I'm going to do it all. It's intimidating. Okay. So it's unrealistic, which means that, you know, it's never actually going to end up happening. Um, it's intimidating, meaning I've failed enough in the times where I thought I was going to do it all that that then I look at something and I think, well, if I'm going to do all that, that's a lot. That keeps me from getting started and it's just guaranteed to fail. Um, nothing is guaranteed failure when I'm talking about nothing as the opposite of all okay well I can't do it all so I'm going to do nothing well then I've just decided that there's failure okay so you see how there's failure in either the all or in the nothing um there's no chance of anything positive I'm giving it before I even get started so I have grasped it for the big stuff the whole house versus the daily stuff but I still struggle with smaller stuff like individual tasks our first sponsor for today is better help. I love hearing from listeners who consider me to be a personal friend who talks to them about cleaning and organizing every single week. But many people need someone they can talk to about struggles like grief, anxiety, trauma, and depression. BetterHelp is online counseling that allows you to connect with a licensed professional counselor in a safe and private online environment so you can get help on your own time and at your own pace. You can schedule secure video or phone sessions plus chat and text with your therapist. If you know you need to look into getting counseling but you're overwhelmed with how to even start, check out BetterHelp. They have 3,000 U.S. licensed therapists across all 50 states. If you're not happy with your counselor for any reason, you can request a new one at any time for no additional charge. You can start communicating in under 24 hours, though I do want to be clear, this isn't a crisis line. One big advantage, since I know I have readers all over the place, is that there is a broad expertise in the network, which may not be locally available in many areas. Financial aid is available for those who qualify. Best of all, it's truly an affordable option. A Slob Comes Clean listeners get 10% off your first month with the discount code CLEAN. So why not get started today? Go to betterhelp.com slash CLEAN. Simply fill out a questionnaire to help them assess your needs and get matched with a counselor you'll love. That's betterhelp.com slash CLEAN. Here we are. And I am coming back from the summer. For those of you who might just be listening to this as the very first time you've ever heard one of my podcasts, um, I take summers off. And I have always done that with my podcast. I didn't I started my blog, y'all, it's been next week, it will have been 10 years ago, which is crazy. So in those first couple years of having the blog, um, you know, first of all, I, I wrote every single day. And I kept going through the summer and I I just felt like my brain was in two different places and I wasn't doing anything well and I wasn't satisfied with anything. So I think it was probably about the third summer I decided, you know what, I am not going to do that anymore. I'm going to take the summer off and whatever happens happens. And I'm sure I could be farther along in this whole journey of, you know, as far as the business and all that. Um, if I hadn't done that, but I would not be, I would be way farther behind in my mental health. So, um, I take summers off, uh, so that I can just be with my kids because, you know, summers are actually, especially the older they get, summers are not necessarily relaxing. They're relaxing as far as we don't have the daily grind isn't the same, but it's a whole different kind of a grind of, of type things because there's, you know, all those things, they, didn't have time for in the year. They're cramming in into the summer and they have to be driven places and all that. So it gets crazy. But so I was just going to catch you guys up on kind of what happened over the summer. We did have kind of an eventful summer, unfortunately. Um, but, uh, and just how that works because that the unpredictableness, the unpredictability of the summer schedule, it's like its own little microcosm of what, normal life does you know, normal life. Oh, I'm so glad to be back in a routine, which I am glad to be back in a routine. I, I'm always sad when summer's over, but I do enjoy kind of getting back into routine. But life happens that disrupts that routine. Well, it's like summer is one big, there is no routine because there's always something disrupting, you know, so the whole all or nothing, ment- nothing mentality. How did that work in this summer? You know, how did I make things work? And I'll tell you about some of the times when I failed because oh my goodness, I did it at one point. Anyway, so that's why I'm just going to catch you guys up on um, from the summer. Plus, I missed you guys. So, how was our summer? Well, a lot of you, um, if you've been around, have listened to the podcast that came out right before this one. Um, going through, I think it was May of last year, of of not last year, this year, whatever. School years, calendar years, who even knows? But uh, I had a hysterectomy in April, and. It was a lot more physically difficult than I expected it to be. I really thought that I was going to, okay, I'll just tell you, I don't know if I'd mentioned this before, but I do some choreography for different little things. I am not a professional choreographer by any means, but I will, you know, help people out with stuff um, here and there. And our local choir director for the high school had asked if I mean, don't worry, he asked someone else first who couldn't do it. Uh, But he had asked me to choreograph something for him last Christmas. And I did it. And it was fun. And I I enjoy kind of being back in that my kids are like out of the age where I used to like direct their musicals and stuff for their show choirs. So it was kind of like, okay, good. This gave me a little bit of an opportunity to to do something like that. Well, I knew that he was probably going to have a spring concert coming up. And I had decided, well, I, you know, I'm just gonna have to tell him I can't do it. And then he sends me an email and said, I just need this one song choreographed. And it was the greatest show from the greatest showman, which I mean, come on y'all. I mean, every time I've ever heard that song in my mind, I've thought, I really want to choreograph this someday. So he sends me this email and it was before I had my hysterectomy. It was probably beginning of April. And I said, like, I knew I shouldn't do this, but I thought, how can I not do that song? Y'all, I wanted to do that song anyway. So I told him, well, you know, let me come in. I think I maybe had two weeks before uh, my surgery. I said, let me come in like three times. And I'll do some initial stuff and then I'll, I'll need to take off like probably 10 days, two weeks after my surgery. And then I'll, I'll be able to come in after that. Well, y'all, I, I couldn't, I mean, I, I went in, I think I maybe went in twice after my surgery and then I just had to, t- because I, I, it was, I couldn't do it. I physically could not do it. Like I would think I was okay. And I would go and I would think I was being super careful and not moving and just verbally telling them what to do, which is really hard to do. And I would end up like flat on my back. You know, I mean, I I just I couldn't do it. It was not physically possible. And I had to completely flake on him why did I start telling you all this story? Oh, anyway, just kind of giving you, this is what's going into summer. So that was a difficult thing for me because I don't like to flake on things, but I had to flake on that. And I've apologized to him multiple times, totally understands. But anyway, so going into summer, our house was not, um, it was kind of already in summer mode because I was flat on my back basically for six weeks trying to heal. Partly because I was really, really trying hard to heal, which that is an oxymoron, I think is, is that the right use of that word? You can't try hard to heal. It's like I I, I told myself, I called it aggressively resting. I was aggressively resting because um, right at the end of the six week mark, like I was hoping to be released from you know, all of my restrictions so that I could go to Ecuador because I really wanted to go to Ecuador with my family because we were leaving like literally two days after my six week appointment. So, so the house was already like, I wasn't doing much cooking. We were in survival mode for that. Um, the kids were doing their own laundry, uh, which they do in the summer anyway. I just really like the routine of getting every single piece of laundry done. Um, so I like to have my laundry day during the year, but so they were already doing their own laundry, dealing with, you know, everything was on their own and everybody was being a great help, but we were in survival mode, you know, because let's just be honest. I wasn't around to, you know, be the one doing what I normally do in the house. So that was what led up to summer. Um I was released by the doctor. I'm telling you, I, I had been honestly not thinking I was gonna make it to be able to go to Ecuador. I mean, honestly, I was still kind of iffy, but being really careful and stuff as we left. But it's like, once I got to Ecuador, I was perfectly fine. You know, I didn't go on the major, major hike because I had been on it the year before and knew that I shouldn't do that. But, but it's, it's like, I was, I I hit that six week mark. Um, thank you so much for those of y'all who prayed for me and sent encouraging notes. That was very helpful to me. Um, but it's like that six week mark okay, I felt human and normal and able to function again um, and able to sit and travel and all that kind of stuff. But when we left for Ecuador, we picked up the house so that our cleaning person, which if you're new around here, yes, I do have a cleaning person. I didn't for the first seven years of what I call my deslopification process and figuring out how to get my own house under control. I also have podcasts on how it doesn't solve all your problems. And there's, um, it like for real does not solve all your problems to have somebody come in and clean, but it is lovely. The main thing it does is forces me to get every single thing in the house picked up. And so we did that before we left for Ecuador and it was tough. I mean, like I was, I was really pushing my family because I was like, guys, she's coming. We have to leave it ready for her, which is hard to do. You know, I'm pretty sure I had a room or two blocked off and said, don't even bother in here. But that was something that I was determined to do. And I was forced to do that because she was going to be coming while we were gone. You know, she had a way to get in. And then there was another door that was locked that I didn't think about. And so she actually wasn't able to clean. And so it ended up, she wasn't able to come in here while we were gone. And so she, so the house wasn't cleaned, but I'll tell you something, that picking up, that's the difference between all or nothing. Okay. Like cleaning my house is all right in my mind. It's, it's not the all, all, but it's the all is the cleaning my house. I'm going to get my house clean and perfect versus I'm going to pick up all my surfaces and make sure all the dishes are done and make sure all the tables are completely cleared off so that she could come in and, you know, do the actual cleaning while we were gone. So it was far from perfect, but it was something. And ultimately, I am so incredibly thankful that we did all that, even though she couldn't come in because, and this was our tough thing for the summer, was um, we'd actually just flown in from Ecuador literally, and we're leaving the Dallas airport, like at the little, you know, kiosks that you have to go through as you drive in and drive out. And my husband got a call that he didn't recognize on his phone, which 80% of the time we don't answer those calls, but for some reason he did. And it was my mother-in-law's assisted living, um, calling to say that she had passed out. And where did they want us to send her, um, when the ambulance came. And so we said where we wanted her to go. And he just happened to ask as they were about to hang up, is she breathing? And they said, no, she's, they're doing CPR. And we went, Oh, like, cause you know, you get the call and you think, I'm sorry, I'm just sharing personal stuff here. But, um you get the call and you think, okay, well, she passed out. Okay, yes, that's bad and everything, but it doesn't occur to you that it's like really bad, you know? And then the not breathing thing, we were like, oh. So in the meantime, because we were with our church group, we were in a van with one of our kids and then our other two kids were in two different vans. So we we're in three separate vans as a family. So I'm sending text saying to the other adults in the other vans, not the ones driving, but to the other adults saying, Hey, we're going to stop at this. We're going straight to this hospital, you know, just letting y'all know. And then we get another call about 15 minutes later and the ambulance was there and said, we can't go to that hospital that you said we need to go to the very closest hospital and they're still doing CPR and she's still not breathing. Well, I mean, we can do math, right? But nobody's actually said the words at this point. And so, so anyway, um, that changed everything so at that point, we're texting the other van saying, um, can you guys all go straight to the hospital? And it was our local hospital. So bring our kids there. And they had to tell our kids what was going on. And um, anyway, I'm sure you understand what happened. But you know, we get there and we find out that she had... Um, and we honestly think that it was instant when she first fell and passed out. Because the one person who saw her fall said that, um, she didn't brace herself. She didn't, I mean, anything, you know, it was just, we really think it was instantaneous and that the CPR that they were doing was, um, procedure, but, but, you know, we feel like she was already gone at that point. Um, so my house, you know, my mother-in-law lived in assisted living like half a mile from our house. And, um, so our house was the gathering point for family and you guys, if y'all been around a while and you know the struggles that I've really had over all these years and and what it was that I've fought against as I've gotten my house under control y'all 10 years ago that would have been my worst nightmare in the midst of this worst nightmare of this happening to have my house as I had left it before leaving the country to have family show up at my house And have to go in and hang out in there. Y'all there, there have been many times in my life where I I don't know what I would have done. I think I would have tried to come up with some story of where we needed to meet instead. I, I mean, honestly, which is ridiculous because, you know, we're the ones who live here and here they are coming down here. But the fact that we had picked up the house and had it ready for her, even though it hadn't been cleaned. So all had not happened, but something had happened. And the fact that we had done that meant that I was able to go, okay, family's walking into my house. Because the other thing was, we had one of our kids who was having major um, swelling in his legs to the point where all of the adults, not just mama, who's crazy, um, me, is who I'm talking about, All of the adults on the trip were like, um, you need to get him to the hospital because we were concerned about that. And my husband, as we're sitting there in the hospital with my, um, having been told that my mother-in-law had passed away, said, I need you to take him to the hospital right now. Went to a different one. But anyway, uh, you know, I, I, need you to take him because I can't relax because we were so worried about him. So I didn't even go home. You know, it was family coming into the house without me even being able to go in and go, let me throw a bunch of stuff in the master bedroom and lock the door really quick. I mean, like I hadn't been home yet. I also hadn't bathed in 36 hours, whatever, you know, but we went straight to the hospital for him, went to the ER. Um, thankfully, you know, they did want to admit him overnight, but we talked to them out of it, which I don't know how I feel about that if I should have done that or not. But anyway, um, he was he ended up being fine. But it was a very scary time. And I didn't have the nagging of feeling like a complete failure over the fact that my extended family was going to be in my house without me during all of that. So I say that to say, life happens, crazy things happen. And the fact that we had done something even though I am never going to be that person who has to have their house perfectly scrubbed clean before they go on vacation, because they're always thinking that something like this could happen. I'm like, "Eh, no, you know, I mean, if it was not for the fact that we thought somebody was going to come in and clean while we were gone, I wouldn't have done all that picking up because life was crazy and there was a lot going on. But just the fact that we had done something and even, even if we hadn't done all that picking up my house now, so much better And I would have been embarrassed, but I could have let people in because of all the decluttering we've done all over, over the years. With all this decluttering, it's just, it can't get to the state that it used to be able to get to. Okay, so our second sponsor is Carbona. Carbona has been helping people live life unstained for more than a century. Carbona offers a wide range of cleaning and home care solutions that deliver impressive results from specific stain removers for specific stain types to highly efficient products for your laundry, carpets, and washing machine. Y'all, summer's over and I am sad, definitely sad, but I'm happy to get back into our routines, specifically laundry. You know I love laundry day, but my kids did their own laundry over the summer, so coming up with their routine was part of them doing their own laundry or lack of routine. Anyway, whatever, but they made use of Carbonas color grabber. This is one of their core products. Carbonas color grabber prevents runs and bleeds. So sorting isn't as necessary with your laundry and it keeps clothes looking new longer. It's made from microfiber for better absorption of loose dyes in the wash so you can wash mixed colored laundry loads with confidence. I love being able to drop a color grabber in any mixed load. Do you want to start living your life unstained? Shop carbona.com that's dot com with code clean for 20% off your order. Again, use the code clean at carbona.com for 20% off your order. So uh, that's a catch up on where we are. Um, you know, and then that meant that even though I really had thought of all these things I was going to do, I don't even remember what they were going to be, but had all these projects that I thought I was going to do, um, in that week after we got back from Ecuador, you know, cause the kids had got out of school and we left like the next morning. So this was going to be first week of, of summer. Well, it didn't really work that way because. Funeral week is crazy week, you know. And and we'll, while we wish that we, you know, if you've been around, you know that we went through this ride exactly two years ago. Right now, um, with my father-in-law, you know, so it was a week of driving and spending a full day at the funeral home because the preparations, you know, the things you have to decide and all that. There was a day of uh, buying suits for my boys. You know, they're full-grown men now, so I was like, well, we're getting them a suit. Besides the fact that for the last two years, my mother-in-law has talked about who did and didn't wear a suit to her husband's funeral. So I was like, in honor of her, let's let's buy these boys suits. Anyway, um, I bought them suits. Well, that's a full day, y'all. That's a long day of, you know, suits are not like let's go buy in some athletic shorts, you know, buying stuff for my daughter went back that same night because I would signed up for the credit card and got which don't tell Dave Ramsey, but I'd signed up for the credit card to get the extra discount. So I needed to go back that same day for that first day discount for my husband to get a new suit, you know, so that kind of, cra- you know, and then there's the visitation day, and then there's the funeral day. And so it was crazy that week. And my goal was just to do something every day. But then there were times where I it did get out of control. I mean, don't think I'm perfect, y'all. It, for real, the day after the funeral, I had to take my son to a swim meet. And so I was gone. And I get a call from my husband saying that, like the whole house has, I don't know, basically, the laundry room had started flooding. And then everything else was backing up. And I come home and he had brought in his friend, his friend whose wife's house is always perfect all the time. Anyway, so his friend was there helping him and the house was a total, total, complete disaster. Like it was basically visitation day, funeral day, complete and total exhaustion and me leaving the house at six o'clock in the morning to go to a swim meet. And it was, I mean, so, so there were times where I, I didn't, but you know what? even though I was exhausted, I went, okay, I'm going to do something. I'm going to run the dishwasher, even though it is not going to make this thing better. Even though if this guy comes back to bring some other thing to help my husband, um, he's still going to think, you know, he's not really going to be able to notice that that much was done in here. It's going to be better. And something is better than nothing. And so just giving myself that permission you know, I honestly don't feel that about that bad about that. It was embarrassing for sure, but I don't feel that bad because it was you know, that was a crazy, crazy, crazy week. But getting back to normal, so many times when I'm getting back to normal, which I know a lot of you because I've heard from you. You know, summer was hard. Summer out of the routine when you were just barely surviving on routines anyway. You get out of those routines and you go, Ugh, it just feels like it's going to be so hard to get back into those routines. That's where this saying, I am not going to have an all or nothing mentality saying that, you know, making a decision to not have that mentality and say, I'm going to do something and I'm going to be okay with something, even though it barely even shows that I did anything. If you will give yourself that permission to do that and let go of the all or nothing mentality, you're going to get back on track so much farther, so much more quickly. Okay. You're going to be able to get back into those routines better. And sooner by giving yourself permission to push away that all or nothing mentality. Does that make sense? So, like some examples of that. A couple of times this summer when things got crazy and we did, uh, I got way behind on on dishes, I would tell myself, I'm like, I am going to run the dishwasher at least once a day, even though. I'm not getting my kitchen perfect. Like I had more than a day's worth of dishes, more than one load's worth of dishes on my counters. But I'm, even though I just don't feel like I have it in me to get the kitchen perfectly clean, I'm still going to run the dishwasher. I'm still going to pull out everything and put it away. That's clean. And I'm going to fill it up and I'm going to run it. And then even if I don't get the whole kitchen clean after that, I am so much better off. And when I would give myself permission to do that without having a perfectly clean kitchen, still going ahead and running the dishwasher, or if you're hand washing, doing, you know, one drying racks worth of dishes, if I'm just going to do that every day, then it starts to build that, you know, you start to make that progress. And then on the third or fourth day, you go, Oh, wow, my kitchen, actually, the dishes are all done. And now, I'm able to like clean up my kitchen and not be completely overwhelmed. You see what I'm saying? So like breaking through that feeling of being overwhelmed of trying to get back on track. So many times it's that give myself permission to do something, whatever it is to do something, something, something does not have a P in it, children. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> but sometimes when I get to talking real Texan, something, it does seem to have a P in it, doesn't it? Um. So back to normal with laundry, you know, last week, So my kids did their own laundry. Some did better than others. Some were more thorough than others. Um, Some only ever did emergency loads with their few favorite outfits, um, which drives me crazy. But this is part of it is them creating, figuring out their own routines, because I can tell them till I'm blue in the face. um, This is the best way to do it because hello, I've written books about it. Uh, And yet they have to own it, you know. So anyway, them figuring out what does and doesn't work. You know, last week, because we had been doing laundry all summer, even though not doing it perfectly, last week I said, okay, everybody bring me every last stitch of laundry in this entire house and I'm gonna get through all of it. Y'all, it was only like six loads. Even though I would have thought it was gonna be back to like my first laundry day, which was ridiculous and huge amounts of loads. It wasn't because we had been doing something, even though we weren't doing it perfectly, even though we weren't doing it all, even though we weren't doing it the best way for us, we were doing something. And so we weren't crazy behind. And so it made me able to catch up pretty easily. Does that make sense? Um, You know, and then this week I had like four loads. Now I do have a larger large capacity washing machine, but don't forget in case you're discouraged that when I started laundry day, I had my grandma's machine, you know, that was a hand-me-down to me 20 years ago. So I started with that one. It was not a large one, not high efficiency, anything like that. And I think I would do seven in a day or whatever, but those older ones took less time to do them. So it all kind of evens out. Um, the newer ones take a lot longer to run a a load. Okay. So Let's see. So I talk about laundry. Um, oh, so something I'm doing right now, My um, the bottom rack of my dishwasher has somehow completely fallen apart. It, different things. Maybe it's because of my German Shepherd getting spooked um, when her collar caught on it while she was licking something and dragging it all the way through the house. And anyway, um, yeah, so I'm, I've ordered a new bottom rack for my dishwasher, but I'm still running half loads you know, because if you haven't listened to my episode where I talk about the ins and outs of dishwashing and using a dishwasher, it actually uses new modern dishwashers use significantly less water than hand washing. So don't worry, I'm not wasting water. But um, I'm still using less than if I was hand washing, just go look it up. It's pretty interesting if you'll read about it. But As I do that, you know, even though I'm like, oh my goodness, is this really going to help? If I will just do a half load twice a day, well, I'm keeping up with my dishes. So it's very imperfect and I'm generally running the load when there's still dishes in my sink. And so it's definitely not all, but it's also not nothing. And it's something and it's keeping things basically under control. And we have dishes to eat with and all that. I uh, you know, something. Here's a couple things that are, you know, examples of something instead of nothing. Putting clothes from the floor into the laundry basket even when you can't, quote, do laundry, when you don't have time to do laundry. That is a mental thing that I have to make myself do. Because I look at clothes on the floor and I think, oh, I need to do laundry. Or, oh, how long is it till laundry day? Or, oh my goodness, why are these clothes all over the floor? Nah, nah, nah. And if I will just do something of putting those clothes from the floor into the laundry basket, it's like the room looks a thousand times better. I've I've seen a meme on Facebook over the summer that's something like, I'm going to butcher this, but it's a meme. So it's not that big of a deal. Like I'm not an interior decorator, but I just figured out that putting away the 20 loads of laundry that I can make a room look 15% bigger by Folding and putting away the 20 lo- loads of laundry that were all over my furniture, or something like that. I mean, it, it's true. I mean, it significantly improves the look of a house, which then makes me feel better, which then makes me more willing to open my front door when I need to unexpectedly. Um, other examples putting the dishes that didn't fit into the dishwasher into the sink. You know, so, you know, I might. Fill up my dishwasher. Oh, they don't all fit in there because of whatever reason. Either I'm behind or right now I'm running half loads because I don't have a bottom rack or whatever. But if I will do the something of then taking whatever other dishes there are and piling them into the sink, the kitchen looks so much better, even if it's a really big pile in the sink. It's like that something, it makes a huge, much bigger impact than just not doing anything because I can't do it all. See what I'm saying? Uh kicking the shoes into a smaller pile. You know, sometimes I'll see the shoes and I'll think, "Oh, these shoes are spread out by the back door and I really need to get them all onto that shelf." And it's like, "Well, maybe I can't stop and put them all on the shelf right now, but you know what I can do as I'm walking by? Something." And that something is kick them all into a smaller pile. And somehow now I can look to the back, that back door and it doesn't look as bad anymore. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, it's not embarrassing anymore. If they walked on by there, they'd be like, well, this is a messy pile. But y'all, it's not a, a room covered in shoes. Um, Walking around the house with a trash bag, looking for missed or ignored trash. Um, That's something I did this past weekend. I had, um, you know, was just kind of like, oh, okay, I don't have much time. I really wanted to get some stuff done around the house. But then we've had this, this and this. Occur over the course of the day, and I haven't had a chance to do that. So, what can I do? I'm going to grab a trash bag and I'm going to go walk around the house and look for trash. Because, guess what? After summer, mm -hmm, yeah, I found some in random places, and I filled up a a trash bag or two, and my house looked better, and I felt better. And that was something that was done, and it wasn't something that I half did, uh, meaning. Wasn't something like let me move these things over here and then I'll deal with that later. No, it was like once it's in the trash bag, it's in its final resting place. You know, so um, that's what I mean when I say not hafted. It was just something. Did I perfectly get every space put the way exactly it needs to be? No, but I did something, and my house looked significantly better than it would have if I had done nothing because of worrying about not being able to do it all. Oh, another thing with trash bag. A lot of times. If I'm just feeling this, oh my goodness, it's hard to find stuff in my pantry. I really need to declutter my pantry or reorganize my pantry. Grabbing my trash can and dragging it over to the pantry and just throwing away the expired stuff, even though I'm not going to declutter or organize my pantry, if I will just do that, just that something, the space is so much better than it was before. And I can get to the things that I need to get to and not get frustrated because I'm running into things. Because see, here's the problem. A lot of times I'll find something and I'll go, oh, this is expired. I need to declutter my pantry. And then I put it back. Like what in the world? And so the more that I can just train myself to say it's better to do something, it's better to throw away that one expired thing than to put it back and have it on a mental to do list weighing on my brain that I need to declutter the pantry. See what I'm saying so it's like that give myself permission to do something and to keep myself from using this all or nothing mentality as an excuse to not do anything. I hope I've made any sense whatsoever today. It's always a gamble when I come back, isn't it? getting back into the mode. Yeah. Okay. So just wanted to remind you guys, uh, that get organized HQ is coming up in September and basically it's all of these, um, video sessions like a conference, basically organizing conference, all these different perspectives on all kinds of different stuff, really some great stuff. And uh, it's all completely free. So like my session will go live. I think it's on September 10th, but do not quote me on that. You need to go sign up and it'll tell you anyway, it might be September 9th, but it basically my session goes live at noon one day. And then you can watch it for the next 24 hours. Like that's your window to do it for free. So, and all of the sessions are like that. So if you go ahead and sign up with them, I will give you my affiliate link. Cause that's what I want you to use. Um, just go to a slob comes slash HQ, like the letter H, the letter Q. And that will um, have my affiliate link there for you to go over. The reason it's an affiliate link is because if you did decide that you wanted to actually pay for the conference, so you have access forever, then that's when I get a cut of that. Okay, I try to be honest about all this kind of stuff, but it is completely free. So if you don't want to, you know, have lifetime access and you just want to use go, you know, for that 24 hour period. But if you sign up through that link, what they're going to do is each day of the conference, I think it's a five days or seven days long. They're going to send you a list of these are the sessions that are tomorrow. These are the times that they're at so that you'll know what to expect. So again, go to a slob comes com slash HQ. Okay. Thanks guys. I will talk to you all next week. Bye.